Log Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Hey, everybody. This is Marty Thompson at DK Media. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's my great pleasure to introduce Allison Aldridge-Sauer uh, to the show. Um, we're really excited. Uh, Allison, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Did you say DK Media? DK New Media. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Did you forget our company? <laughs> It was funny, Marty was looking at me and I was looking at him to start the show, so we <laughs> too funny. Well welcome. Uh it's it's great to have you on board, Allison. And and typically when we start the show, um, you know, the first thing is for for our listeners who may or may not be aware of you, you know, maybe you can give some background and, and let people know, you know, what your expertise is in and how you got started and and um, where you find yourself today? Okay, okay. excellent. I um, uh, I actually have a master's in German literary theory, um, but that I don't know that that's actually related to anything. <laughs> uh, and I uh, I kind of grew up um, career wise at Sun Microsystems, and I had the great pleasure for um, web vision there. So I've been doing um, you know digital media uh, websites, and of course Sun was a, um, very active in the open source and, and community um, movement. So I've uh, been been there for, for more than a decade, um, and a couple of years ago I had the opportunity to come back to uh, my own Native American tribe um, and, uh, and, and assist with uh, doing digital media, looking at social media websites and things like that um, to help us with our business initiatives. So um, I, I jumped at that opportunity to come back and give give back to my community. Now, did you uh, did you while you were at Sun? Did you work under Jonathan? Um, <laughs> I, I was there um, uh, absolutely while he was while he was there. I think I I left probably a year and a half before the sale to Oracle. So. Um, hung in quite late. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I, we were out at. This is many moons ago, but I was out at. A, it was a mashup camp, and and he showed up, and it was it was like a rock star interview. You know, he had long flowing ponytail and everything else, and I think he had like two guys with him. I don't think they were security guys, but it looked like it. You know, it was. It was uh-huh. But he was great. I chatted with him for a few minutes, and and um, and he was very very gracious to speak to at that time. You know, an absolute nobody that was you know wanting to reach out and shake his hand. So that that must have been exciting times at Sun, though. I think you know they they I I, I was almost I almost won. I felt bad that I, I didn't want to sell. You know, and and two was I really feel like they had embedded a culture that that it was just going to take a little bit longer to take off. And and I think that either the market, I'm, and you were on the inside, you know, I wasn't, but uh, 
but it, it seemed like either the market or maybe it was the board or whatever just was impatient. And I really felt like more than any other company, they had created this incredible transparency there and social engagement. And I remember, you know, Sun Blogs was, you know, you could read about anything, any technology, any platform, any problem, and 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 probably find the answer, you know, through through their site at the time. So I know you don't want to talk about Sun today, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, like all, I think like a lot of X centers, we definitely think of ourselves that way. We're kind of our own little, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia. Um, there was big vision, and uh, yeah, it was. I, I think a lot of us we look back very fondly uh, on that on that company. And, well, and obviously it, was, it gave it you the, and it obviously gave you the, you know, obviously the wherewithal and, and culture that you're bringing now to the new initiative, which is um, really just incredible as well. So, Allison, I know that you were an e-consultancy digital uh, vision winner, and I'm assuming that was the the, the basis for the, uh, the the three papers that you've I, – I, I believe you've finished the third one? Um, and the third one's probably going to come out about mid-July. Okay, mid okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched about that. But um, the, that's really where I, you know, I picked on what, pick up on what you were doing um, – uh, Doug is also uh, a digital vision winner of some sorts, but when I read your first installment of the work that you've been doing, uh, I, found, I found it absolutely um, uh, amazing, um, you know, with the proliferation of, of, of social media and social technologies, you know, for us people that are fairly well-versed in communities and community management, it's been like a like a tsunami wave, we're confronted with this new reality of a of a social layer, and you know, and even though the the social technologies are new, we're still facing the same problems. How do we get people to participate? Uh, how do we get them to communicate amongst each other? Um, and, and that's why I got really excited about the uh, the work that you've been doing. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the premise of uh, of those three papers that the the two papers that you, that you've written and also the third one. Absolutely, and I and I hope you don't mind. It's it is a bit of a personal uh, uh, story or journey for me because, um, you know, I I had uh, returned to um, to to my home tribe, the the Chickasaw Nation, and and was working on social media, digital media, and. It's this word tribe that was popping up in blogs and books and conversations at, and used in reference to building uh, um, online communities. Just, you know, I felt like I was getting inundated by it. And um, and I, I went on a hunt for the definition. Like, why are people saying tribe? Uh, and, and people were calling themselves tribesmen or blogs were being written with, you know, tribal archetypes in your communities. And so I went on a hunt for the definition. Um, and uh, at the same time, I was actually sort of going through my own personal uh, reflection on what uh, tribe meant to me in the real sense, in my real sense of a, of a Native American tribe. And so, um, you know, what I found was I looked at, I looked through Seth Godin's tribes book, and of course, that there's that's more about leadership. Um, one of my uh, favorite books was a 
Consumer Tribes, a series of um, academic uh, papers and research done uh, in the marketing arena. And where I ended up was thinking, you know, Tribes is being used as this uh, really great marketing firm that's essentially community but with a romanticized version of um, uh, maybe identity and an and, and ideal of, of loyalty in the group. Um, and that then sent me on this uh, path thinking, you know, I, I think people are looking for or hoping for that when they go out and, and, and move among communities online. And then also marketeers um, are hoping for that that loyal customer, you know, that, that brand advocate that, that's so deeply identified um, with their brand. But nowhere is it articulated. So that, for me, was sort of the impetus of, of walking down um, this path and looking at what do Native Americans know about tribal identity, longevity, resource pooling, and dedication, considering a, a you know, really tough history for about 300 years. People have held on to their identities despite it not being so easy a lot of the time. And are there are there tools and techniques that are applicable in the online world? And I, I absolutely think that there are. Um, and are they the same ones that we keep talking about, you know, uh, in, in our um, industry literature? Engagement, gamification, um, leadership. So that's that that those were the sort of fundamental questions um and and um and thoughts that that started to take me down this path. I got very lucky uh, I submitted a panel for South by Southwest and was able to get a um Native American anthropologist from the University of Texas at Austin um uh Circe, and her last name is going to come to me in a minute um and also a uh, an ex sunner uh, who used to run the communities for the Java developers. Um, and we sat on the panel. We had a, a, just a great time exploring this, uh, um, this paradigm. And it's got a lot to offer. That's absolutely – oh, that's cool. That's, uh, is there anything, you know, the, the interesting – the thing that gets me there uh, as you're speaking about that is, are you know, aside from parallels, are there things that we could learn from – you know the culture of of true tribes. You know um, from Native Americans that you know could be applied now that aren't. You know I I I tend to think that you know things like selflessness and um, you know we're kind of in this zero tolerance world with social media where if you make a mistake you're you know you're basically you know just beat to death online and everything. And it seems like it seems like we could learn a few things from you know, just, just the, the literal culture of, of tribes and Native Americans that, um, you know, about tolerance, selflessness, uh, giving, you know, things like that that maybe some companies don't really take into consideration. Um, yeah, I think, I think that that's true. And I also, you know, I, it struck me when I started interviewing folks um, within communities, online communities that looked to me like they were, they were uh, you know, d- developing a pretty strong identity. Um, that a lot of the a lot of the techniques I ended up looking at from a Native American perspective um, that were overlapping. It's things that we all know uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, one of the big ones uh, for me is is r- ritual, ritual practice. 
and and it really just means rituals literally defined by anthropologists it's just something that you repeat and do exactly the same way over and over again and uh, um one of the anthropologists i talked to surprised me when he said medium after the habit develops um and i struggled with this for a bit and then i realized i i i'm married to a german and um, we struggled for seven years around how and when the Christmas presents were going to be opened. <laughs> and it has absolutely no material impact on the meaning of the holiday. It is pure ritual, but it was so hard for us to come to a consensus on that. And um, it's been really interesting to watch in the online um, communities, uh, you know, some just quirky things developing. Like you would never never think something might take hold as fast uh, as it has. Um, but but uh, I've seen a couple where I thought, you know, the whole community is kind of wrapped around this ritual. They're, they're, they're supporting it. It can be odd or next to nothing. Um, but it's it becomes the sort of cornerstone of the identity of the group. So so many of these things I think are... are um, they're, they're human. They're things if we stop and actually look in our own personal lives at, at our own identity and, and um, in the community that, communities where we experience that identity, um, we'll find a lot of richness there that's, that is applicable in building uh, any community online, any, any fan base online. Um, one of my other favorites is the naming. Um, uh, it's, like I call it a technique, but it, it's... Um, in a way, it's so simple, but so magical. You know, there was no Chickasaw Nation before there was an other with whom we had to enter into agreements with. Um, so uh, uh, the the you, in your group, what is the name of your group? How does it become real? I, I think about Adam Lambert and Glam Nation and the Glamberts. <laughs> they, Funny. they can... Uh, they can cooperate together to make things happen in the Twitterverse, um, and, and they're empowered by having a name and that common identity. Um, so uh, at naming at the group level, event level, and, and also uh, people having names when they for their function and, and their hierarchy within that group, not just a title but an actual name, um, it, it's very powerful. That's fascinating. You know, the, with the maturation, if you will, of, of, of social media, um, you know, companies, I think initially the, one of the first things they jumped on when it came to social was how can we use it as a marketing tool. And, and now they're moving towards sort of an, an introspective phase where, um, you know, we're talking about social business, uh, socializing internally and externally as part of a, a larger ecosystem and I think it's it's great that you know we're seeing this this happen, and we're beginning to yeah. see true benefits from that. But my concern is that is that we're leading it to the you know the the software vendors to basically you know build the applications, and we're supposed to to, to somehow build a culture within the application. And, and, you know, what I got excited about when I read what you've been doing is is the whole notion that, you know, the culture has nothing to do with the technology, essentially, that yeah. 
you know, the true promise, I think, of, of this whole social phenomenon, this social social business in particular, is really understanding that 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 cult, cultural transformation has to occur first. Well, it's a, you know, I think it's a direct. It's it's absolutely a direct link to, you know, you have to have the culture in place before the meeting. Right. Right. The meeting is the platform. You know. Yeah. And so you're 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 dead. It doesn't. You know. I mean, obviously everybody's gaga about Facebook right now and 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 Twitter and you know we get excited about it too. But the the fact is is that it it doesn't. You know, we can withstand the communities that we belong to where we're really um, active and engaged and we feel like we belong to them. It doesn't matter that there's even a platform out there, you know, because that can happen online, offline, through phone conferences, you know, however you want it to happen. So um, this, that's interesting. And to your point, Allison, you talk about Rich White. I also believe that that's a, a, a critical component of, of of being human, quite frankly. And, yeah. you know, certainly uh, ritual has to be something more than simply logging in. Um, right. You know, how, how do we, you know... How do we entertain? How do we how do we create ritual um, in the tools we're using? Oh, that's a really good question. I think um, in a, in a lot of ways the, the the weird thing about ritual is it can be anything, um, and and it can be extremely simple. It just requires the repetition and support uh, of the of the community. Um, uh, so I, I think that the there needs to be that um, space for play, uh, if you will, and because a lot of times ritual falls out of many different things being brought until something stuck, you know, um, and if there's there, there there needs to be some some flexibility and, and repeatability in uh, in the ritual even. Even the language of like emoticons, you know, and and getting into um, in groups where you always exchange like the same um, drawings or or things that you you know built out of this limited um, sphere of expression uh, of of visual expression, maybe in your keyboard. Um, <clears throat> those things it, they take hold and become this sort of repeated symbol that we show each other, you know, when we're online, when we're on Twitter. Um, I know the us guys group that, that is a um, a group that that I hang out with um, uh, quite frequently. There's a lot of coffee sharing, virtual coffee sharing, and sometimes it takes the form of you know some backslashes and forward slashes and and other symbols, and um, and it's it is at the level of uh, of ritual for that group. Um, so some room for um, room room for play within those uh, very clear cut functional processes mm-hmm. um, that we've developed, and we'll we'll carve it out. The thing is, I mean, I think to um, to Doug's point, a a community, a, a tribe is going to survive and find ways to excel, even if they have to get around um, around things, right? around a software structure or um, or leadership or uh, um, other hindrances. So um, they will they will find their way around those um, limitations. But if if uh, if it can be built into the software, a space 
um, for that kind of back and forth communication, repetitive anything, um, uh, the, the community will, will pick that up and hold on to it and make it part of the identity. Mm. How how does um, so it, w- within your uh, you know within the, the the tribal community that you're a, a part of, h- how do you accommodate different uh, personality types? You know, we, there, there's a lot of talk now about introverts and extroverts and and you know how people you know how people work within uh corporate environments versus how they would actually like to work within corporate environments how you know within within your uh, community how how is that accommodated i there there really is um a sense and I, and I think that this is true for a lot of small towns as well when you, if you talk to people who are advocates for small town communities um there is a sense that there is a place for everyone. Um, you know, there's just like I think we enjoy in social media marketing, you know, that effect when someone jumps on a, on a Facebook wall and complains, and then the community kind of dogpiles and says, hold on, that's not fair, that's not right. Um, there's There's social pressure that is enormously effective in, um, you know, in moderating behavior, that that the community doesn't like, um, but but underlying that is absolutely the sense that uh, everyone everyone belongs, everyone has a place, and and you know one of the things that I talked about a little bit at South by Southwest um, was the when I invest resources in in my tribal community, um, they are uh, resulting in a benefit to my children. Um, and my children's children. Like that's how there's some level of me that, that you know, I feel that way. And so um, that's a very powerful, obviously, sentiment uh, uh, to share. And I and I I do believe that there is um, the possibility, and you see it in some brand fan bases already, there's the possibility of having multi-generational communities, um, you know, uh, uh, fan tribes, clubs, um, uh, where the, the investment that people are making today is, you know, they can see that how that's going to build out and, and uh, contribute not only to them directly in the near term, but quite possibly um, for generations to come. And, and here I'm thinking of, you know, um, <clears throat> Harley Davidson, and uh, I'm thinking of um, the Trekkies community, sort of sci-fi uh, folks. There's... Um, you know, the, kind of these places where we've got multi-generational fandom, um, Grateful Dead. Um, uh, so that it, it, it's, it's a possibility to have something like this that's not based on family ties. Um, uh, so, oh, now I, I've talked so long, I've, I lost my thread. <laughs> no, we're all <laughs> entrenched in it. Let's let's take a short break when. Uh, when we get back, uh, one of the fascinating things in your in your second installment, and we'll we'll post these, uh, you know, we'll post links to these up on the marketing tech blog as well uh, from eConsultancy, the the work that you're doing. Um, but let's talk about. Um, I loved the section you wrote about audience versus community. Um, so when we get back after this quick message, we'll talk about that. Delivera has been Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. 
Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. Great folks over there. They know how to build community. <laughs> That's a chintzy lead-in, isn't it? <laughs> One email at a time. <laughs> um, when I was reading uh, the second installment of, of the study that you're doing, um, one of the things that you talked about was community building versus audience building. And I guess I had never really um, thought there was a difference before or you know, or I just put the words together and I thought, you know, an audience was the same thing as a community. And and there's a very, very stark difference that you make and, and you know, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but I would love to, for you to go into depth and that's that, you know, once the value is gone, the audience leaves. You know, they're there, you're giving temporary, uh, they're giving temporary attention to something and they're observing it. Whereas a community is, you know, entrenched. They're, they're, they're part of it. Uh, it's not. It's not that they're just watching and waiting. And I think that's a really, really powerful. Um, you know, I, I think you could do a study all by itself just on that because I think in the social media space, I think most marketers think they're building communities, but they're really building audiences. Right. Right. And you know, some of the things that struck me. Um, that brought this to mind was I, I want to say it was on Mashable somewhere I saw a, like a blog or article headline that said you know um, how to how to um, bring back your promiscuous fans um, and and in the Consumer Tribes book by Kova and and uh, and his partners they also talk about you know well it's postmodernism we have short attention spans it, you know it's hard to keep us focused and for me this vocabulary is implying that we should be loyal to the brand, um, that it should be a community or a tribe, but but somehow in this modern world we're all so distracted. And and I think that um I think they've got it on its head. Um when when I see the when I, I went through the practice of writing down these tools, right, that you hear over and over again. So listening, right? Uh engagement, having relative um relevant content uh, the gamification, paying it forward, um, messaging consistency. So you look at all these best practices in the social media marketing world, and then I think about um, tribes and, and and communities in you know when we look within our own where we live and the people we see day to day. And um, one of the things that uh, Native American uh, communities have done is survived. Um, not having anything be relevant to them at all, you know, complete inconsistency, 
terrible leadership at point at times. Um, nobody listening to them. Even you know the leadership sometimes within their own uh, own communities were were destructive forces with whatever they faced, but but they survived. You know, overcame, endured. So to me, um, those things are are all about building building a community. I think one of the I was thinking like the Blue Man Group. You know, people are very passionate about the Blue Man Group. They follow them around. Um, but when the show's over, they don't go um, all together as a group to a coffee shop and you know, and or or get together and paint themselves blue and hang out with PVC pipes. So um, it, it's an audience. It's a it's an, an enthusiastic audience, but when the show's over, it's over, right? right? Um, and 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 a community is is going to pool its resources um, and and figure out how to improve the community situation when some of these awesome things that we talk a lot about as best practices are missing. So I don't think that I do believe they can cohabitate, and they should. I think they're absolutely um, the marketers need to be building um, the audience, and 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 um, they need to. It's it's wonderful to provide strong engagement and content um, to their community or audience, uh, but we're not promiscuous. Yeah. Um, it's a question of what it is you're actually building. I think we just we need to be very intentional about that. Well, it seems like that's the you know it seems like there could be some very common traits to you know to building a community and and you know the play again back to you know back to tribes and native Native Americans is you know you know the fact that you know you say promiscuity but reproduction right you know that. Right. Is, 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 are you working? You know, is your audience actually going out and finding new audience for you, or you know, do you have a community out there that continues to grow and prosper and is and is spreading the word on your behalf? You know, being you know, kind of um, product or brand advocates for you. Uh, there's and and I suppose that a lot of companies have, you know, maybe very very small communities but very large audiences. You know, and, yeah. and and it fluctuates, you know, over time. But being able to distinguish the two and understand how to leverage those people that are truly community members um, seems like a, a really, you know, important piece of the puzzle that that people have to figure out. And it can be so um, uh, powerful. And I'm I'm um, doing more research in this area, looking for case studies. So if anybody listening has ideas and you want to, you know. Um, uh, pass them, pass them back. That I would appreciate that. But even looking at like the the Star Trek fan club, and you know, it was basically a show that died. Yeah. And it was over. And and it was really a fan base, a community born out of that that brought back a huge franchise. Yeah. Um. And 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 has sort of supported the outcropping of that. To now we've got like a you know subcultures. Uh, all over the place around this, and sci-fi is is here to stay. So um, I think there's a there's a really uh, if people are if it's a part of your identity, um, uh, folks will be incredibly creative and resourceful and um, really amazing in what they can contribute to the expansion, um, the the success, uh, you know of of that 
um, endeavor, that identity, that community. Uh, and I think it's important for some of the, you know, you've got these huge fan bases around some big brands. Um, those fan bases should have a name, a name of their own, like the Glamberts and Glam Nation, you know. Um, I, I, that's a, a, a really interesting um, just even starting point uh, to, to try and understand what kind of um, enthusiasm, identity, and, and resource do you have in, in your in your fans, in your followers? Well, it, it seems like that there's there's and you don't want to mix up the two either. That there's people that appreciate being part of the audience that aren't interested in being part of the community. You know that that they, yeah. they do want to you know. They do want to lurk. They do want to watch from beyond, and they they don't want to actively participate. and And that's okay too. Um, you yeah. know, the, the the parallel that I'll draw, and and I might just you know, uh, half the listeners might drop off, but I I really, you know, from my personal experiences is, you know, I grew up I grew up going to Roman Catholic schools. You know, my whole life I went to Roman Catholic schools, and and after I graduated, I pretty much left the church. And and um, I joined I joined one church. I think it was out in Denver, and it was this incredible little church where a couple of uh, basically priests had left um, left the parent church. I won't say who it was, and started their own kind of sect, if you will. You know, but they didn't have any money. They didn't have they didn't have anything. Right. They literally walked out with the shirts on their back. So when this church started. Everybody in the church was going out and finding people and saying, "Well, you should come to our church. You should come to our church." And and going to church wasn't going to the ceremony. It was there was a picnic before and there was a lunch after and it was a uh, you know uh, you know all this crazy stuff. And as soon as I got in there, they said, "Oh my gosh, you know how online? You know, can you can you put up a website for us? You know, and and I and I, and I felt like I was totally engaged and I loved it. And and then they got big and yeah. All of a sudden, they had a technical director, and he took care of all of that stuff. and And I just, I just fell right out, and I fell out, and I told them, I said, I don't, I don't feel like I'm part of this movement anymore. I feel like, you know, I'm just another member watching that, you know, you want me to put money in the bucket. And um, right. And and I think, you know, that's a, you know, I never, you know, I never solidified that behavior until just now that. Maybe that's what I was really upset at was that I wanted to be part of a community. They wanted me to yeah. be part of an audience. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And well, I mean, that's a great example. I think churches and small communities are interesting places to look. Um, gaming guilds are, are are fascinating to me because that's an area too where basically you have a product, you have a software environment, um, but people are meeting. Uh, ritualistically, every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, you know, for two hours. Um, and it's the same people meeting for a, a decade or more. I, I saw, uh, I read an article not too long ago about the uh, the Commodore 64, that there is still, uh-huh. that there is still, this is uh, 25 years later, there is still an absolutely avid fan base. They get together at conferences they still write code. They do everything for this, you know, outdated brick of a machine. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, you go to the websites and look at it. It's pretty fascinating. But, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, it sounds. It also sounds, Allison, as if you know, as marketers, we we're falling into the trap of of equating engagement with participation, and yeah. and you know, to your point, um, it, it sounds as if a community is something that that continues on even when the party is over, so to speak. Um, you know, I look at you know, look at the the Burning Man phenomena as an example. Okay, you know, <laughs> steep in ritual. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, it lasts for a week and then people go home. But, you know, for the next uh, 51 weeks, you know, a, a, a very large contingent among those people are, um, you know, actively planning the next event. They're, that seems like a really good example. Um, yes. And then the other one I thought of was uh, uh, Lebowski Fest. I don't know if you yeah. were a fan of the big Lebowski, but... Those oh, yeah. people are just those people are just awesomely stellar people. But seriously, Harry Potter is a good example too. Yeah, the books are over, but she's created this sad to admit. I have joined Pottermore. The <laughs> online community for Harry Potter. Have but, you? Yes. You're a geek. <laughs> I'm a nerd to be exact. Love it. Well, yeah, you? and all these He's a fan, fan, um, fanlet, right? Where people take a story and then they go off and they they join clubs and write their own additional chapters or spinoffs or whatever, and and the community supports them, and it, it's a, um, a a place really steeped in a lot of identity. All right, so I'm going to totally geek out on you here. You were talking about Trekkies before, but I know that's how some of the later episode of like Deep, Deep Space Nine and some of the other ones came to fruition was actually yeah. through online stories that some people had written scripts, you know, for Star Trek long after it was canceled. You know, and that's just fascinating that people would spend their time and some of these people have built entire stages and you know, and mock ups of the Enterprise in their, you know, in basements and well, they're still acting out. Yeah. Online. You know, they, they, they actually out and everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's fascinating. And so, I really I really do think looking I mean I, you know, a lot of these um uh Examples like we talk are based around um, art, storytelling, um, some things like it. But but even even the Sun Microsystems experience. I mean, w- we are kind of a ex Sunner club with an enormous amount of nostalgia, and we find places to hang out online and and talk. Um, it it it. I think if if people will start looking at their their um, wannabe communities or burgeoning communities. And think in terms of um, how do I shore up a sense of shared identity? Uh, how do I um, introduce things or support things that others are introducing? I mean, a lot of times your, your community will come up with something, and 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 the, you know all it needs is a little bit of nurturing around specialty language naming um, uh, rituals and and some transparency in the governance. Um, I think people will be astounded what will happen within a year and how much contribution will come from the members of that community uh, that want to nurture it and build on it. And as you know, as you talk about these communities, and we've talked about, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, building a, a community with, with purpose or, you know, with a central goal in mind. So a lot of people, you know, in the, in the let's say in the tech industry, They'll build their communities around maybe um, 
you know, helping less fortunate people get into technology, and and that'll be the battle cry. And 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 it's and it's not really the the purpose isn't really technology or helping themselves. It's it's helping others. But it's you know we've we've talked about some of these you know uh, Star Trek and Harry Potter and Burning Man and everything else. Some of these the purpose is internal too, right? Just a you know a, a, an acceptance of you yeah. know individuality and 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 being with your peers and and it, and maybe you don't have to have this long term purpose to change the world. Maybe it's just to change the environment around you, right? Yeah, and if if the community is there, the purpose can shift, you know, it, it, as the a community grows and finds their opportunities and maybe new, um, uh, in a positive sense, maybe they find more resources and are, are able to expand and take on, you know, new things that they want to accomplish. And then in the negative sense, um, maybe something happens and, and they shrink and then it's really just about holding it together, you know, for a while. So it's, it's a pr- really that conversation for me goes back to this um, this thing about the rituals, not starting with meaning. That we are we're inherently um, uh, we like our our patterns, our habits, um, and and we want to know where we sit within a group. And and um, if if you've got some of those core fundamental things, then amazing stuff can grow out of it. The meaning, the purpose. Um, higher goals. Uh, so I, I think it's definitely it's worth it's worth uh, folks playing with one or two um, of these really simple things. You know, one of the biggest rituals around resource sharing that that is fundamental to all of us is food sharing. Right? We we when someone is born ill, passes away, it, uh, moves into the neighborhood, um, you you bring food. You know, we we uh, gather together ritualistically around food. If you think about all the U.S. holidays, um, that and the ones that have food associated with them, and the ones that don't, um, there's a there's a big difference in the quality. Yeah. And who you hang out with, if there's food, ritual food involved versus not. Um, so that food sharing is so core. To who we are and our expression of support for one another in, a, in an organization, it, it, even virtual food sharing um, or, or, or sending a, a, the, the proverbial fruit basket. Um, if I belong to an online community, something happens in my life they want to acknowledge and they send me fruit that's sitting on my table every day. Um, it, these are they're they're much. I think more powerful than we give them credit for because we we they're, they're so inherent in our experience. Um, and do you, uh, so, fascinating stuff, Allison. What what about the whole um, the whole issue of uh, anonymity um, in in communities? You know, with Google Plus, of course, um, you know everyone knows who you are, and and uh, uh, now they allow now, now they allow, but um, but you know in other you know in in other uh, 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 forums, you can remain completely anonymous. Um, do, do you think being anonymous, you know, w- within an alleged community, is a um, is a community killer, or do you think it's an enabler? Um, I I think the anonymity um, won't it won't necessarily kill a community, but you um, I, there are limits to how far you're going to get. Yeah. Right. Um, 
there's definitely a peer-to-peer trust issue there that, you know, mm-hmm. if I really don't know who you are, am I going to stick my neck out? You know, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough one. And, and then the, the other, well, the other the other thing that I was thinking, you know, and it's it's along similar lines is, you know, as we, as we talk about, you know, Native American tribes, you know, we're, we're talking about natural, you know, natural progression and, and that, you know, they evolved and got to the rituals and got to the practices and got to the, you know, community and caring and everything. It, it, you know, I think the other the other problem that I Um, local group and it and it grew to I think it's like eight thousand members or something like that and and we had a you know we had kind of a disagreement early on and it was do you let people assemble their own subgroups or do you or do you organize the subgroups and dictate them you know and we chose to let people naturally you know progress into their own smaller groups and those groups you know became popular and some of them kind of took off their own, you know, and and in the end, Smaller Indiana just kind of died. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but it, it's dying, let's say. It's not really going anywhere. But some of those groups have really survived. You know, there's like these hole-in-the-wall gang, which is actually a food group, you know, that meets every week and, and stuff. And, and, it, and it, it seemed like, you know, if we tried to stick our fingers in it, we were going to mess it up, you know, and it, yeah. and it seemed like it was a lot more of, if we were listening and watching and seeing how people were organizing, we could have curated that and, and guided it and accelerated it. But trying to just move everybody, you move the herd in the direction just was going to kill it altogether. Yeah, and I think, I mean, different different communities are going to have different, and, and at different stages of maturity, will have different tolerance levels for, um, you know, for size, for or very different models. I mean, it feels like in in social media we have, um, you know, we want very much to have this transparent governance, uh, um, just sort of a, a blanket statement. But different groups are doing quite different things, and um, I think it's, you know, it's not a simple, straightforward path to navigate. I mean, people. People are complicated. Communities are complicated. Tribes are complicated, um, and and uh, so the the, the listening, the feedback loop, um, and understanding where, you know where people's tolerance levels are is going to be important, and it and it could shift. Uh, I think the big issue that um, for me a, a, a point of discord in Seth Godin's tribes book was he was talking about tribes, but the you know the title was tribes, but the book was about leadership. And um, and a, a tribe or a community um, outlives its leader, and and uh, you know you can have good leaders and you can have bad leaders. Um, uh, so um, it's there's probably almost as many governance models out there and hierarchy models and things as as there are communities. One of the really interesting areas for me exploring um, moving forward is this question of uh 
you know, if you look at a large brand, um, let's say Coca-Cola, and they've got some, some brand advocates, there is a high likelihood that those brand advocates are going to be around longer than the entire marketing staff. Um, so, so it, it, that's, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. So where where does your um where do you do your obligations sit? Where is your decision making power? What's that in that scenario? If I know Coca Cola owns the brand and and but yet they have resources who are um, temporary, and then I've got this fan base with people who are you know, near permanent, <laughs> um, uh, what does that mean moving forward looking at um, uh, governance, decision-making, decision-making about the group? Um, it, it gets really interesting. And I think one of the areas, you know, in companies and brands and for marketers that's going to be a little uncomfortable and we're really going to have to think through it is how much of um, how much input, how much decision-making power, um, you know, do I let um, outside of the company? You, you've touched on something that is near and dear to me, uh, Alice, because I'm I'm a huge proponent of the, of the notion that, you know, at some point in certain situations, perhaps we should let the customers uh, do the marketing for us. And, you know, it... Mm-hmm. it, it what it means is a complete loss of control uh, for a marketer, for a company to some extent. I think I think the saving grace, though, is you know if we truly are moving towards a you know a new social era, um, it shouldn't be so hard. Uh, perhaps as marketers in, in the in the future, at some point, we need to come up with tools that let customers actually do the marketing for us. Um, mm-hmm. And that scares most marketers, quite frankly. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, in highly regulated industries, they do it as a matter of their choice, right? Right. If 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 uh, you know, if I go get a laparoscopy, what do you call it, laparoscopy or whatever, you know, I can talk about it on a blog and talk about it all day and talk about you know, it. But my the hospital that I go to or the doctor or anybody, they could never mention it. Right. You know? And so, and they do very well. Those tactics, those strategies, do do fantastic. If you can unharness the audience, that's boy, that's or the community, I should say. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Or that's the one thing I learned today. I'm going to totally stop, you know, uh, superimposing those words on one another. Well, this this has been incredible. I can't. I can't thank you enough. And and how many uh, how many more installments do you have with the with the series? So so the, the series is going to be three. I essentially I've organized all of the sort of perspective into three bits. We call them tribal pillars of language, culture, and then hierarchy or, or governance. Um, so we're going to going to talk about those organizational questions. Um, you know, some real concrete suggestions and thoughts that also maybe tease out some of these questions that we've discussed uh, a little bit. Um, I, I have a, a blog series that I started to um, talk about these things. I, I put that on hold while I was writing the, on the digital vision grant, and I, 
I, I think there's enough here for a for a book. So my my, my long term goal is to you know to put some more meat on the bones and um and put it into a book format. But uh, um, do you have a publisher yet in mind? I don't. I don't have one yet. I'll, I'll put you in, we'll put you in touch with one. Oh, thank you. This would be absolutely outstanding. Well, Allison, I'd just like to uh, also thank you, um, and we're looking forward to more great thoughts from you. I, I'd also like to just uh, you know thank the, the Cherokee, the Choctaw, the, the Chickasaw, the Seminoles, and the Creeks. Um, great wisdom there to be shared, and uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you, guys. This has been an absolute blast. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, aside from that, are you doing any um, any touring, any events, any speaking where people can go? Um, uh, I'm I am thinking about uh, making another run at at, um, at South by Southwest. I know that's quite a ways out, uh, um, but at the moment, I don't have anything anything imminent planned. But um, I'll 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 uh, definitely um, put it out there and keep you guys informed. Um, yeah, I've got the, and what what's and what's your blog so that I, I realize you're not actively doing it now, but after the after the series, where can people find you online? Um, uh, they can go to uh, Chickasaw Allison at Tumblr dot com. Awesome. And uh, did we already get the uh, um, where they can find the the first two installments on the e consultancy site? We'll put those posts out there. Okay, okay. great, great. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely put a link out there to to that for everybody. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna follow up with this one on a post just because I, I I feel so strongly about it too. But this is this is just fantastic. Thank you very much for taking the time today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. All right. You Thanks, too. Allison. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks. That was awesome. I I'm totally gonna follow up with a blog post on just audience versus community. Just that one thing. You know. Um, it seems like the tactics necessary to build it, to use it, to leverage it are totally different. You know, I think about marketing tech blog. We have an audience. We don't really have a community. Yeah, we. You know, perhaps we could be thinking about how can we actually, how can we actually develop rituals that our audience yeah. can get excited about. Right. The ritual provides the the one of the pillars. Allison's point for what's necessary to actually build a community. Yeah. And, you know... I, and it won't be Harry Potter. Or it could be. <laughs> we, we could have a Harry Potter. But, this, but to be fair, this is a, while we might not have a community yet, I think the podcast is part of the way to build it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we don't actively do things to pull participation in. Mm-hmm. You know, like when people comment on the blog, I always try to, you know, right. uh, recognize and appreciate, you know, the, their contribution. And and but that's kind of as limited as it gets, right? You know, we're not doing webinars where we're doing Q and A's with people. Even the radio show, we have people listening, but not really dialing in and participating. And it's also connecting them with each other. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think there's there's definitely a missing component here that we haven't even, you know, we haven't even really scraped the the surface on. Well, we you know we're we're technologists and we're marketers. Yeah. We just kind of assume that that. Kind of assume that because we've got the technology and we're marketers, that we can do it. We can yeah. build a com- that anyone can build a real community. Right. And the reality is that it has very little to do with the technology. Right. And marketing. Right. You know this 
this whole notion of what community really is and what and what the nature of part- participation is, it kind of it, her thoughts led me to believe that mm-hmm. if you're a marketer and you start thinking this way instead of instead of the way you have for the last X years of your career, that you're on to something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it looks like, but I think it's important. And I think her, you know, there are a lot of people out there with similar voices. But, you know, I think it's really cool when we can, you know, give them some, some, uh, some love. We think about, like, a community when you ask a question about how to use a particular technology, and the answers come from the community. They don't come from the company. You know, so people are participating, you know, in that and sharing, you know, comments on each other. Um, but that, that operates kind of independently of the company. Yeah. You know, look at SAP Community Network. So they're a huge, uh, they get uh, one and a half million unique visitors a month. Wow. Okay. And they call it a community. But then when you compare the activities and the type of participation between SAP Community Network and even something like Augher is completely different. Right. And they're not upselling. They're not. The SAP community is not a good place to go sell something. Right. The Blogher Network is a great place to go sell something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's much easier. So, you know, I think, you know, I just it, it just made me really think about, you know, gosh, I mean, well, it, it makes me think that we have some work to do from a strategic standpoint on separating those activities and, and building strategies out for each. You know, right. and and maybe we don't, right? Maybe we don't. Maybe all we want is an audience, you know, um, right. and we don't have time to manage a community, you right. know. So, so we join another community, you know. So we look at, um, so so, you know, it also got me thinking about Angie's list, you know. Community. community with a fundamentally different mindset. Yeah, they could nail it. Well, that's that's it, right? They have this enormous community. They truly do have a community. Those people are inviting each other every single day. Right. Um. But but they haven't leveraged that to really go out and grow that. You know, beyond beyond their walls. Right. And, and that's you know obviously we're working on that now, but it's a huge opportunity for them to just explode in not just growth but passion and everything else. So yeah, the other you know the other risk there is that let's say they buy let's say they buy lithium for community management. Yeah, and they basically pound a round peg into a square hole. Yeah, in other words, to make it fit. Yeah, the software solution. Mm-hmm. They end up damaging the sense of community. Mm, that was one of your points initially. Right. Right. Well, this was a fantastic show today, and and I just want to thank everybody for uh, joining and listening, and and we'll follow up with this, um, and and continue this conversation. Um, thanks, thanks everybody for joining the show. Oh wait, I got to do the outro. <laughs> Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.